Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. together to God be the glory come on church to God be the glory for the things that he has done to God be the glory for our production team and all of the participants in our 155th celebration last night what a miracle to God be the glory for 155 years of favor and faithfulness of Almighty God. To God be the glory for all PGC families who have contributed to the vision and mission of Pleasant Grove Church. To God be the glory for our excellent anniversary committee. To God be the glory for all pastors who have served this church. To God be the glory for all of our partners in ministry locally and internationally. To God be the glory for all the spiritual leaders who have contributed to our spiritual stamina and growth. To God be the glory for every blessing, every challenge, 
every victory, and every year of life. To God be the glory for the families, friends, and faithful stewards who have blessed us financially so that we can provide and facilitate ministry in the name of Jesus. I also say today, and I know that my mother, Maggie, Lucille, America, Macmillan, is watching, to God be the glory to a mother who said, I couldn't go anywhere else if I didn't go to church. I thank God for my mother and father, and I thank God for a relationship with Jesus Christ. To God be the glory for Reverend Dr. Langston C. Bannister, my pastor, who is now in the presence of the Lord. To God be the glory to Betty Bannister in Toledo, Ohio, who prays for our church every day. To God be the glory for Reverend Dr. Cynthia Hale, who has been my mentor almost 15 years. To God be the glory for every person who has poured anything into Pleasant Grove Church. Would you please help me give God all praise and all honor and all glory for everyone. Everyone. Hallelujah. Our theme for this year is from Lamentations, chapter number three. And it's really a unique setting. And before I get to verse 21, I want to give you a picture of what Jeremiah was going through. Jeremiah said, he pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver, and I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long, and he has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel, and he has trampled me in the dust, and I have been deprived of peace by my mind. I have forgotten what prosperity is, so I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. He said, I remember my affliction, this is verse 19, and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. And then Jeremiah says, Pastor Joseph, in verse number 20, I will remember them and my soul is downcast within. In other words, Jeremiah, the writer of Lamentations, was having a moment of despair. Jeremiah was having a moment when he realized that the people he was preaching to, Minister Derek, didn't really want to hear about God. They really didn't want to know about the righteousness of God. And Jeremiah was lamenting. If you ever need someone to cry with, I recommend that you read the book of Jeremiah. But Jeremiah said that even though all of this is going on, and even though there is a, a pandemic here, and even though the people refuse to obey and honor God, he said in verse 21, yet, this I call to mind. Have you ever had that moment in your life when it looks like everything is falling apart? Have you ever had that moment 
and you feel like everything is lost. Have you ever had that moment, oh, I wish I had a witness. I don't know why I'm the only one. Have you ever had that moment when you go, Lord, where are you? Lord, don't you know what I need? Lord, don't you know what I have done? Lord, don't you know what I have sacrificed? And the word says, yes, this I call to mind. And Jeremiah said, yes, it looks bad on the outside. But he said, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed. I'm going to say it again, because of the Lord's great love, Pleasant Grove, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. Thank you, Jesus. They are new every morning. Can I get a witness? Every morning. And Jeremiah said, even though I'm in the midst of a people who are sorry and I am lamenting and I'm filled with tears when I close my eyes and look back and recall what you have done, I feel better all over. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. The Lord, I said, is my portion. The Lord, I said, ought to be your portion. <laughs> And Jeremiah said, I will wait. Anybody waiting? Jeremiah said, I will wait for the Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him and to the one who seeks him. I titled my sermon, Imagine, because we're living in times when we need to have imagination. We need to be able to see beyond COVID-19. We need to be able to see beyond trials and tribulations and people dying. Having an imagination means you are able to form or have a mental image of something in your mind. You're able to conceive of something that, Kelly, you really cannot see in the physical, but God gives it to you in the supernatural. Everybody doesn't have imagination. And most people don't want to imagine anything. They would like to remain just like they are. And so in order to have imagination, you must visualize something that's bigger than you. Our Family Life Center is imagination. Our Family Life Center is vision beyond right now and what we will do for God in the future. You need to visualize success in order to achieve it. The Bible says, and now I understand this from Proverbs 29, 18, Brother Henry, that without vision, the people perish. Without vision, there's nothing to look forward to. Without vision, you're stuck where you are in your two-bedroom apartment and Without vision, you're stuck with your debt. And without vision, you're stuck with your unpaid bills. Without vision, you're stuck where you are. But when you have imagination and spend some time with the Lord, you see beyond right now, and the Lord will propel you into the future. Oh, I wish I had a witness. A former slave and conductor on the Underground Railroad, Harriet Tugman, imagine that slaves could be free. She used spirituals such as go down Moses 
to signal slaves that she was in the area and would help anyone who wanted to escape. A spiritual is a type of religious folk song that is most closely associated with the enslavement of African people in the American South. And Reverend Paula, the songs proliferated in the last few decades of the 18th century leading up to the abolishment of legalized slavery. Famous spirituals included Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, composed by Wallace Willis and Deep Down in My Heart. You remember that? Oh yeah, I want to be what? A Christian. Deep down in my heart. The term spiritual is derived from the King James Bible translation of Ephesians 5.19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The form has its roots in the informal gatherings of African slaves in praise houses and outdoor meetings called brush arbors and bush arbors, and these camp meetings were the only thing that gave the slaves life. These camp meetings and secret times that in the midst of their bondage, they found freedom in singing spirituals to Almighty God. In Africa, music has always been central to the people's lives, and music makes permeated important life events and daily activities. Many of us do not understand the call and the response in the African-American church because we don't realize that it was given birth in slavery. And when the slaves worked all day and all night sometimes, they would sneak out and they would go to the brush or bush arbor and they would gather together and sing songs of freedom. What they were really saying is that you might have me physically bound, but I serve a God who sets me free. And that's what's unique about the church and our church is that we want call and response because we want to know that you're with me. You understand? And so usually when a preacher preaches in a black church, African-American church, the preacher says something and the people say something. Now we've gotten too sophisticated and the preacher says a whole lot of stuff and the people say nothing. But there used to be a time when we would have call and response and when a word came from the Lord, the people had the nerve to say amen back at you in the name of the Lord. I wish we had some call and response again. I wish we had some Holy Ghost power again. I wish we could stand up and praise God again. I wish we could imagine being in a brush arbor, bush arbor, covered with branches, but in the midst of all of it, I'm going to serve Almighty God. Imagine, it's 1865. The Civil War has ended, but you are a slave. Imagine, you don't know the location of your family. Imagine you don't have any assets. You don't have any personal property. You don't have 5,000 square feet. You don't have a three-car garage. Imagine you don't, you don't have a job. You don't have a, a Lexus or a Mercedes or an Infiniti or a BMW. Just imagine 
You have scars all over your body due to being beaten and abused. Imagine you had to sleep on the floor with no coverings. Imagine you have no transportation. And while the slaves were in physical bondage, their freedom was anchored in their relationship with Almighty God. And every day, my prayer for Pleasant Grove Church is that we will find God again, over and over and over again. Imagine, Brother James, that you have been a slave all these years, and now you're told you are free. You don't have an Apple phone to text your people to let them know where you are. You don't have MapQuest to find out your location. You don't have a computer that will tell you what's happening in the world. What does freedom really mean? What does freedom look like? How does freedom smell? Is freedom a reality for a slave? And how do you go from slavery to freedom? How will you manage on your own in such a hostile environment? Sometimes we would think that the war just ended. Sometimes we think that we're still in slavery. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that because of Almighty God, all of us are free. It was not clear that their status, African Americans or, or the slaves, would be after the war because many people wanted them to remain slaves because it was an economic profit. So the war brought about their freedom, but did not finally secure for them the full rights of citizenship. So in this third chapter of Lamentations, Jeremiah talks about being enslaved. And Jeremiah, if you use your Holy Ghost imagination, was having a civil war experience. He had been liberated by the Spirit, but he was in bondage because of the behavior of the people. And Jeremiah couldn't figure out why of all the preachers or prophets God could have called, why would you call me? Jeremiah was asking questions that all pastors, preachers, servants ask. And chapter 3 speaks of hope for the people of God and the chastisement will only be for their good. A better day will dawn for them. You ever had your mama or daddy whoop you and they tell you that this is good for you and that you're going to be better off? You ever had your parents say to you, my daddy used to say, go out there and bring me a stick and I'm going to beat your so-and-so and you won't do this again. I go, oh, dad, I know I won't do it again. I would go out. I'm always obedient. I'd go out and get me a switch and Carolyn would go out and she would get one too. Guess what? She got the little skinny one like this. And I came back with a big lamb like this. She said, I told you you were dumb. Who would go out and get a switch and get the big one you can see when dad is going to beat your you-know-what? So what I'm saying is that sometimes God just has to let us go on our own. You ever made a decision without God? Have you ever had a moment when you said, Lord, I'm tired of waiting on you. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing showed up. You, nobody ever did that but me. And when you go out and then you realize that you have stepped into the wrong lane, have you ever had to come back to God and say, I'm sorry that I realized I don't know as much as I thought I know? 
So in chapter 3 of Lamentations, vapors of hope arise from a recollection of God's past goodness. But although the just, it justifies a part of God to act in deliverance, there is no guarantee that he will. Repentance will not persuade God to be gracious since he is free to give or withhold grace as he chooses. In the midst of his misery, trustee Sandra Jeremiah pauses to reflect on the goodness of God. And on this occasion, I want Pleasant Grove to pause, and I want Pleasant Grove to reflect on the goodness of God. And what I think about when I think about this church is I realize that it is because of the Lord's great love that Pleasant Grove has not been consumed. Imagine that first worship service under a bush arbor at Adams Crossroads in Morrisville. I don't know who was there, but in my mind, I can see our, look at the names on these windows of the families, original families of the church, and I can imagine them gathering around to say, Lord, we's going to have a church of our own. Can you imagine in 1942 that the church was asked to relocate, and we did. Can you imagine these people with no money, started a new facility in 1943, and decided they were going to just pay as they go? Can you imagine under the leadership of Pastor J.H. Little that the church had a groundbreaking service for a new facility? I was told that it was, took four years to build the church, but they would work, save, build. Work, save, build. So our history is about stewardship. And Pleasant Grove is a perfect example of trusting God and what trusting God will do. Imagine being baptized in the pond over there off of Pleasant Grove Church Road. Every time I drive by and look at it, I think, Lord, had there been a snake in there? Lord, what's over there? Imagine that. That's one of the things I really love about being an African-American is that we have to be resourceful. If you don't have a baptismal pool, you just make one. You find one. What I like about this is that our ancestors and the people who came before us always found a way. Imagine that under the leadership of Pastor Silva, a church van was purchased and a new bathroom for the handicapped was built on the front of the church. I wish everybody knew the miracles God has performed at this church. Imagine our first female deacon, Deacon Ophelia Marcus Taylor, was ordained in 2004. Let's give God some praise for that. Imagine that we had no children at all in the original church, and we prayed and prayed. We came to Davis Drive, and guess what? There's Pleasant Grove School with all the children we want to serve carrying our name. Imagine a scholarship fund with the origins in slavery, but every year we're able to bless students who want to go to college. Imagine trustee Chair Emeritus Clarice Daniel Atwater, Council Chair Dora Alice Green, and Deacon Chair Emeritus Johnny Martin Daniel. 
who collectively served in the leadership roles of this church for more than 150 years. Imagine someone who loved the church so much that they would drive from Durham to carry to water the plants of the church and to be certain that everything was all right. We should always celebrate these saints. I miss them every day. I miss their spirits. I miss their faithfulness. I miss their devotion. I miss their encouragement because we are here to imagine what the Lord is going to do. And so when we arrived here, we really didn't know what that was going to be. But yesterday, I'm over here checking things out, and Dr. Lachelle says, I want you to come and take a look at 112. And I go, oh, no, 112. So we, Alex, I go over to 112, and guess what? I saw a bank of sweet potatoes in the middle of the floor. And I said, God, we've gone from no space to our own food bank right here at Pleasant Grove Church. God is amazing. And so now we realize we're not here because of convenience. We are here to serve the underprivileged and the people who are ignored in this community. Imagine a commercial kitchen. We can cook and serve, and we can do the work that God has called us to do. So on this occasion, we celebrate everything that God has done. And another thing that I really like about Pleasant Grove Church is that God does not have a big you and a little me. I'm going to say it again. God does not have a big you and a little me. That we are all equal in Christ. And that we are all celebrated for everything that we do. Imagine in 2005, that the church established its first international partnership with the Gateway Kids from Ghana, West Africa. And they would come every year. And the members, the disciples of the church would take them home. And they would do a concert and they would tell us about their land and they would dance and sing, remember, and helping us to understand who we were and our African heritage. Remember our first worship service here. You know, I have a vivid imagination. Remember, we had not received permission to come into the building, and everybody kept asking, okay, I'm going to see how you're going to pull this one out. What are we going to do now? I said, that's no problem. We'll just have church outside under the portrait cushion. The people thought I had lost my mind and did not have my vitamin B12 that day, but it was one of the best worship services we ever had. I thank God for imagination. I thank God for the privilege of serving with leaders who have imagination. I thank God for a deacon, Don Dixon, who gave us our first strategic plan. I thank God for Trustee Kemp Harris and Disciple Bread and Trustee Rayford. I thank God for our musicians, and God has given us everybody we needed at just the right time. And so what I love telling people, I said, if you have a big ego and your life is all about you, then Pleasant Grove won't work for you because we don't have time to lift you up. We don't have time to make you feel good. We got to lift up the name of Jesus. And we got to do what the Lord tells us to do. 
Imagine a dream academy where children can come, discover who they are, how professional coaches work with them and people who love with them to understand what it is that they're passionate about. Imagine the number of people who said to me, this will never work. This will never happen. But in the midst of all of that doubt, God sent in a new team. So imagine in 2019 and 2020 that the Dreamers were awarded $330,000 in scholarship. Imagine in 2021, our Dreamers were awarded $400,000 in scholarships. Imagine that 95% of these students who graduate from these private schools go to college for free. Imagine, like Jeremiah, that all of our children will have the same privilege. Imagine that we have students in five other states now who participate virtually in the Dream Academy. I vision that every state will have students from the academy. Imagine parents won't have to say, I don't know how to do that anymore. I don't understand. Imagine that our children won't be left behind, that they will forge ahead because of the people who love them and care about them. You see, the truth is God is waiting on us. The truth is that we need to embrace the truth of God, and we need to accept the fact that our God is faithful. Our God is merciful. Our God is gracious, and our God does whatever he says he's going to do. Only God can bless us with miracles in the midst of a pandemic. Only God can bless us with an expansion and over 80% of the cost in cash when we get to the date. Only God can keep us together, Pastor Joseph, in virtual environments during a pandemic. But God knew and Brett Benson knew that we would need technology. i never forget the day I said to Brett Benson, Brett Benson, I'm a people person. I want to look at their eyes and I want to look at their faces and I, I want to be in the room. And he looked at me and he said, well, Pastor, that's not going to happen. Pastor, you got to get ready for the future. I love his imagination. I thank God for the people who move us forward. And I thank God that all of us shall overcome. I thank God that regardless of our circumstances, regardless of slavery, regardless of racism, sexism, classism, regardless of anything that can happen to give us distraught and despair, the people would sing, we shall overcome. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe, do you believe that we shall overcome someday? And then the songwriter goes on to say is that we will walk hand in hand. We're going to walk hand in hand and we're going to be with our God and we're going to raise our hands and we're going to serve the Lord in holiness. 
and we're going to say, thank God we made it. Hallelujah. Sing. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you.